Oh, you're born into a rich family. What problem have you got? I said, no. Every level of life, whether you're surviving, you're thriving, there's challenges. My name is Ibi Aslam and you're listening to Ibi Aslam Uncensored. Welcome to my podcast where we discuss property, business, lifestyle and well-being. If this is the first time you are visiting us, then please hit the follow button on your app. Don't forget, we are also on YouTube. You can watch these interviews in full there too and join the discussions in the comments. Just search Ibi Aslam Uncensored. There's new episodes every week, so I'll see you there. I said I've done a couple of podcasts and they've been over Zoom, so this is completely uh, new to me. Oh, is this brand new to you? My first in person, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So we've got an exclusive with you. Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I'm uh, mildly excited. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. So you're from Huddersfield, right? Um, Batley, actually. Batley. Have you been to Batley? I have just once. I think, you know, like when I was younger, I used yeah. to go to the mosque and there was some sort of... Uh, there was something happening. They used to happen like, you know, when like a gathering type thing. Which mosque? I can't remember. Um, what's that thing called when people get together? Um, get together? For like like uh, like an Islamic event and then it's like oh, speakers uh, come. Ijtima. I don't know. It's another name. A jalsa? Similar. Yeah, Similar. Yeah. Ijtima. I know in Dewsbury they used to have a thing called Ijtima where everybody around the world used to come. Right. And they used to gather. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. It used to be like four or five days of uh, talks and... Something was happening. It's like a spiritual gathering, isn't it, really? Mm. And yeah. I remember because my teachers, when I used to go mosque when I was younger, they were yeah. from Old Trafford. Okay. In Manchester. I'm a Man United fan. Oh, you? Are you, <laughs> yeah. are you a Man Manchester United fan? Because I spent like four years here. Uh, so. What, in Manchester? Yeah, when I went to boarding school here. Yeah. In Bury. In Bury, yeah. Yes, 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 yeah. yes, yes, yes. So yes. Manchester's sort of like, um, I've had me um, interesting time. <laughs> I, was in Man I was in Manchester United Football Club uh, yeah. last week. There was oh, okay. an event going on up there, so I, I was invited. I think there. I've seen that. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, that was really good. But mm. how's your team doing at the moment? <laughs> you know what? It's been a horrible five, six, seven years or something <laughs> since Alex Ferguson left. Yeah. And... The odd, uh, sorry, the funny thing is my son's growing up to like football and he supports, my, even my daughter supports Manchester United. Okay. And I feel really sorry for them. I thought, you know what? This era. You've <laughs> you come at the wrong time. And uh, my son goes, oh, when are we going to win again? I thought, don't worry, we'll get there. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I keep telling him about the, the obviously the good time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And everything. And uh, it's coming slowly. But I bring him. I bring them quite regularly to matches and stuff. Okay, and okay. What have you got, a box here or do you just get, are you a season holding? No, no, just, um, I, I know a few that have got season tickets. So when I want to go, I just sort of reach out to them and they get me a few tickets. Get you a few tickets, yeah. Try and get in the Stratford end. Interesting, yeah. interesting. Okay. Well, Mo, listen, thank you for coming. No, thank you. So you've travelled from Leeds, right? Yes, or I have. Yeah, I have Leeds there. Yeah, okay, there. okay. So you host monthly networking events in Leeds. Yes, I do, yeah. You're a property developer, yes. property investor. Yes. You've memorized the full Quran by heart, <laughs> yes. which is very impressive. Yeah. You do MMA, or you're interested in MMA. I've, I've done a bit of jiu-jitsu. Okay. <laughs> I'll be honest. Jiu-jitsu will, you yeah, know. Yeah. Well, it's part of MMA, yeah. right? So it's mixed. Yeah. I really want to get into it fully. Yeah. But your life gets in the way. Okay. Yeah. Your dad had a property portfolio of 38 properties. Yes. Your first business was selling online, digital products online, right? Yes. Yes. So a lot of things going on here. Yes. So let's start off with the net networking events that yes. you do in Leeds. Yeah. Tell me about that. That's basically, it's a monthly networking event. Yeah. Um, it's, it's all to do with property, business, mindset. Um, it's as broad as I want it to be, but I try and focus more on property and business. Yeah. Um, initially, I... I took it on as a franchise, and now I've got it. I've, I've got an extension on that franchise for a lifetime now. So basically, it's more or less what I want to do with it. Yeah. Because it's still a franchise. I'm still limited to what I can do with it. So. Oh really? Uh, yeah, yeah. So with that, um, I've been doing that for eight years. So I think I started in 2016, I believe. Every month, right? Every month, but Not now. Not this month. <laughs> no, before I was every month. But now, because I've done it for so long, I've found a formula that works for me. Because I, I tend to feel that 12 months of constant networking events, it might become too much. Okay. Even for myself, 
even though I don't go to many networking I'll be honest, I don't go to networking events myself. The reason I've got that networking event is I go to one myself, first and foremost. And also to build, that was more to raise my profile in the Leeds area. Okay. Because my dad's very old school. He's always been at home building his business. So mm. my dad always wanted me to do something that we, I think my sort of idea is to raise our profile in the name to get our business out there. Um, so you wanted to do something for yourself, right? Yeah, myself, yeah. And also what uh, intrigued me is the public speaking aspect of it as well. Because um, believe it or not, I hardly spoke a word when I was small. You know, I was really, um, I found it really difficult to um, speak to people, even okay. with, you know, even with my own family. I was very quiet, I was very shy. And, and I'm so glad and I'm so grateful that I, I did that because it's, it's it opened up grow, so many doors. Yeah, it's helped me grow so, well, quite a bit now. Uh, now I can sit here, calm, you know, speak. Normally, I'd be <laughs> like before every time you go to speak up, um, get on stage or anything like that, you have them five minutes where you just feel really nervous. Yeah. What's your routine? <laughs> Push ups? <laughs> yeah, no, nah, no. Nah. Not anymore. Now I feel, I feel completely calm when I get there now. Yeah, yeah. Because um, before I used to obviously you get all stressed out, your head starts thinking, you know, get, getting tight. Now I don't think, but I'm very calm now. So I think that comes like with anything. That comes it's like with that. anything. I think if you yeah. know what you're doing, then you just know what you're going to do. So yeah. you, just, you just have the confidence, don't you? Yeah, yeah, we do, yeah. So we're based in Leeds with that one. Um, I, it's very central in the Hilton Hotel. Um, I try and get all kinds of property speakers on that cover various strategies, various professional areas within property, also business as well. I try and get sometimes go a bit out of the box, try to... Sometimes a little bit of cryptocurrency, maybe, maybe some kind of business psychology, or yeah, just yeah, try, yeah, try yeah, to spread yeah. it a bit. Because sometimes when you're talking about the same thing month after month, it get a bit boring, right? Yeah, it does. Yeah, and it's more to build. Because over eight years, I've built a lot of good relationships. Now, them relationships are sort. Some of them did turn into business. Some did didn't work out. Some did okay, and yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And that, that's really helped me in that sense. So what's the key to having a good networking event? Since you've been doing it for eight years, like if you had to scrap that business model and go yeah. again, what would you do? Or someone who's like, someone like me, I'm young, right? Yeah. Well, similar age, but I don't know. Yeah. But what I'm trying to say is that if I want because I do want to do networking events, but I want to do maybe two or three a year. Right. What would you say my strategy should be? I think we're getting to a point because because um, networking events have been going on for so long. Yeah. People grow a kind of fatigue to it. Yeah. So you have to stand out, like with anything, like your podcast. You, know, you do this because I believe it makes it sort of helps you stand out. Yeah. So if your networking event is the same as the networking event in the next area, why, why would they, well, why would they come? Yes. Yes. Right. And I think the one thing that separates um, yourself from a networking event is yourself. Is how mm. you are, your personality, um, how you are with people, yeah. how people see you, what value you can give as well. Yep. And if you're just standing there all nervous, don't know what you're talking about, people can't relate to you, and that kind of puts people off as well. People can so, read that, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, they can read that. And with mine, I've kept it very family-based as well. So when they come in, uh, it's my brother there, my wife there. So oh, I've got okay. a family feel to my event as well. And a lot of people recognize that and they like that. So that's one element. And myself as well, I'm just myself. I don't try to imitate anyone. Um, I try and- Just be yourself. Be myself, be, you know, be serious when I need to be serious. Obviously I have a laugh, you know. Yeah, yeah, I have yeah. to take the mic out of people. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, just, just be yourself really. And also on the content as well, try and organize it in a way mm. that people, People sort of understand as well. Look, there's, there might be the structure to this value to it. Yeah. And what I don't like, I don't know. It's part event is selling. I'm a bit averse to selling, because whatever makes me cringe, I feel might make the other person cringe. So interesting. Some, yeah. So I'm thinking, if I feel this way, how is that person feeling? Yeah. So I made a decision that the only reason I'm going to run an event. Because there was a sales component to it, so I thought I'm going to take the selling part out of it. So I took it out, and um, I do make money out of it, but it's more on the back end. But I don't sell much at the front end. At the, at the front end, because I feel 
I don't know. I feel it might put people off, and I want to grow a solid community. Yeah. And thankfully, I have, and we do want to move to Basin now. We get regularly about forty to fifty people in the room. That's really good. Yeah, yeah. That because I was going to ask you how many people do you get. So if you get forty to fifty people, but how many would you say are the same people that come in, and how much would you say is pretty new? What's the percentage here? Good question. I'd say um, about twenty to thirty percent same people. Um, maybe fifty percent people that have come once or twice and come back again, and maybe about did I say about what's left? Thirty percent. Maybe I do get. I do get about quite a lot of new people as well. So do know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you say that there's no selling element to what <coughs> what you do, but do you feel like when somebody's coming in and they really love the speaking, they love everything that people are offering, and then they they're left with a little bit of hunger of Mo, we want mm. something more here. Mm. I want to yeah. go to that next level. Yeah. Do you have anything? Like, do you get people like that? Yeah, I, I let them share the obviously the contact details. Yeah, um, the way to get in contact. I don't. What I don't allow them to do is scrape the room. So, like, they'll have a product, and they'll, they'll take them away. Uh, okay, fine. If I don't know about it and they do it, fine. As long as I don't know about it, and they um, they scrape the room, I don't like that. But I'm willing to. Um, let them pass on their details. You can speak to them at the event, um, get in contact with them. But I do, I do, I've had a few, but the only time I let a person send if it's the product is really, um, I'd say, compelling. Okay. Like it's a really d a different kind of Are you of on about his well. speakers that come, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. right, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. The speaker's really good as well. And the selling has, to, I think the selling has to be good as well. Because, Last thing you don't want, uh, I'd kiss a crap sell as well because that kind of yeah, yeah. put, put people off. I think people, I, I think people are um, people love to buy, <laughs> but mm. they they don't like getting sold to. But then it's a fine line. How do you balance that? Absolutely, right? Absolutely, yeah. So there needs to be a an element of psychology there that you need yeah. to input, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think that's something I'm still trying to figure out myself. Yeah, but that's more myself thinking. If I just take you out for now. Then when I, when I think I'm ready to bring something like that in and it's the right right fit, then yeah, I will bring it. So I won't say I completely ruled it out, but at the moment yeah, I yeah. do try and keep it. We do that a lot because we with our business coaching programs, that's what we teach. We say yeah. to people like, people don't like to be sold to because just of the experience they've had with yeah. sales from here and there. But they do love to buy. We all love to buy. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. But then it's a way you do it. It's yeah, how yeah. you approach. It's like with any business, yeah, right? Strategy yeah. and tactics. But and and again, selling fatigue as well. I yeah. don't want to be selling every month or every couple of months, mm. and that becomes what goes around as well. So you got to be careful. That's how <laughs> I see it anyway. Okay. Okay. Yeah. What's the relationship with MMA? What's that? I seen on your profile, gym <laughs> MMA. I'm thinking, what's going on here? <laughs> on my Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. No, like I I know you work out yourself. I've yeah. S I've seen uh, your transformation. We do a little well, bit. Well done. I thought that one, that looked amazing. Um, yeah, I've been doing gym. I think gym was one of the first things that sort of changed my mindset. It's that, key, isn't it, that, to personal yeah, development? Yeah, and that helps me even now. So. Every, I st I started working out fifteen years ago, and I, I was a, well. I still am a skinny lad. I'm not saying I'm a big lad. Um, oh, you got I, some muscles. <laughs> I, I used to be nine, I think about about eight stone. I was like a twig, and uh, yeah, it's, I, I don't know when I start. I don't know what motivated me to work out. I started working out I'd, like any uh, young kid. Got a bench at home. Then after that, I started going to the gym. And I went through so many programs and so many different kind of online because I think the online the, the online fitness sort of industry was growing as well then. Yeah. So I sort of got sucked into that and I tried so many programs. Then I realized why do we just hire a personal trainer? Yeah. Just get the nutrition right. That's what I need to get right. At one point I've I blew myself up to like fourteen stone. Wow. I thought I was getting big, but my wife goes, No, you're getting fat. <laughs> <laughs> so I realized, you know, sometimes you, you, you sort of lie to yourself, don't you? So I thought, hang on, yeah, she's right. You know, I need to sort myself up. So I think that's when I really got serious and, and got into decent shape. Right, okay. Now I'm at a point where I just want to stay in like leanish um sort of physique. Uh, it sort of helps with my longevity. Interesting. And I, I see it from more about from, from that point of view. I think it's the mindset, the discipline, the the the, the habitual nature of training. Uh, I think them kind of um, aspects that got me into gym. 
sort of wanted me to go into MMA as well. Okay. So I thought I can transfer this into there. Why yeah. do I? Because sometimes I think, look, I can. I feel strong. But what if I need to protect someone someday? Yeah. What if you know? Because I've got wife and children. I think you know. Yeah. Uh, uh, these days you can walk. Anything can happen. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what got me into uh, MMA. Yeah. So okay. I started. So you do jujitsu, yeah? Yeah, yeah. I do jiu-jitsu. How many years you been doing that? I did it for a year. I'll be honest, I never followed through with it. I have had a little break from it. Okay. But my son says, oh, you need to get back You need to it. get back into it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You memorized the Quran. Yeah. Tell me about that. Like, like, how long, how many years did it take you? Do you still read it now? Do you still know it right now? Or, like, have you been slacking a little bit? Or, or you know you, you're fully on it? Tell me. Pay attention. I've got some exciting news for you guys. I've launched a seven-day free, total free audio course for you guys, which is going to help you improve and elevate your mindset. And it's also going to help you in your business. All you have to do is go and sign up every single day, day one to day seven. You will receive a free two-minute audio from me in my own words, in my voice. And what that will do is help you in your business and your mindset. Make sure you go and sign up and let me know how you find it. It took me four years. Okay. Um, because that's a skill. Yeah. That is a skill on its own, right? And, a, and an experience. Um, what did I, you learn? What, what experience? Tell me. Yeah. So I, I left home at the age of 12. Okay. So what's that? Secondary high school? Yeah. Yeah. And to, the bo- to go boarding school, yeah? Yeah, yeah. To go yeah, to yeah. It, was my, it was my dad's suggestion. Yeah. Also my grandfather as well. And he goes, oh, I'd like if you... It wasn't even like a suggestion. They said, I'd like you to... You've got to go. <laughs> you've got to go. go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I'll be honest, I didn't even like have my own opinion. I just said, okay, I'll do it. Yeah. And pff, I just went. And I remember the last thing I remember was being there. They're dropping me off. Um, I thank God I went with one of my close friends as well. Uh, we sort of started together and finished together, which was a really good thing. And at the age of 12... Till the age of 16, I think I really learned life then. Mm. That's what I feel. Now, looking back, because... How old are you? You're in your 30s, right? No. Late 30s? <laughs> no. Are you in your 40s? Yeah, I am. Yeah. What, 42? 42, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. So, from 12 to 16, um, it took me four years. I think I got to a point at the end... When we're memorizing, yeah, because like, like exercise, when you exercise a muscle, it gets stronger, and I could see my mind getting stronger as well. The memorization, because when I started, I could memorize like half a page, one page, and move to two pages. Then on my final year, in my last ten uh, chapters, I was memorizing about six to seven sides. Wow, at one point, and bro, that's impressive. That yeah, because I saw that mental exercise that I had over the years and it's just amazing like I said that was an experience because I can't explain where that came from yeah 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 and it's it's not that just being there uh, also the sort of regimen structure of that routine place. This, all yeah, that stuff yeah yeah praying times waking up in the morning um, you have to pray after uh, the morning prayer for Jannamaz then you do morning class yeah you get like, it was funny because in summertime, you get a bit of time to go to sleep. And we were like, quickly praying, we want to get into bed <laughs> and get that. And then I, I think when it came to, um, it got to a point where I think in wintertime, we only, only had like 20 minutes, uh, half an hour we could get before we st- uh, the class starts. We still used to get our sleep in then. Yeah. That was the best sleep I've ever had. Yeah. That, yeah. that 15, <laughs> 20 minutes, it's unreal. feels like hours. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then uh, we used to have our school, we, we had school there as well. Okay. We used to do that in the afternoon, so it was our sort of prayer in the morning and school in the afternoon. School wasn't the best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but mm, I think it was going through changes at that time. And I, I left at 16, which was at the point where I had to do my GCSEs, but I finished, so I was in a bit of limbo at that point. Got it, I understand. So yeah. can I just ask you, see the memorizing of the Quran? Like, yeah. That is a big book, right? Yeah. How's that helped you in your business? How's that helped you in your day to day? How's that helped you with public speaking? How's that helped you with everything else? Or has it not helped you? 
He has. It's my cornerstone. It's my cornerstone to everything. I, I also believe that brought me back on the straight and narrow. Obviously, I had, like, when I came back 16, 17, 18, quite turbulent. Um, I thought it sort of got me back. I'll be honest, I stopped praying. I even stopped praying my um, daily prayers. But when I got married and everything, it brought me back. I, I, feel, I feel that now I feel my daily prayers and everything connected to uh, our God, Allah. That is what has, that's what has helped me to get to where I am today. And it's yeah, continuing yeah, yeah. to grow. And, and we, we call it um, Barakah, don't we? Like, yep. That, that goodness that brings in your life. Definitely. And you can see it, you can feel it. And that's my cornerstone, yeah. I feel if I stop doing that, then it affects everything else. Everything else. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. That's my thinking. So when you was bringing Bo up, I take it you was brought up in a really rich household? Kind of, yeah. Okay, so, yeah, yeah. Okay, so, and this is the interesting part, right? Because yeah. people think that if you're born in a rich household, everything's just just easy, everything's mm. just on the plate for you. When in reality, it's the total opposite because mm. imagine getting handed keys to a million quid. You just don't know what to do, right? Because mm. you, you're not mentally trained to do anything, mm. right? So you still have to put the step one, step two, step three in, right? Yeah. Now, even though your dad had 38 properties, firstly, did he give them to you? Or did he, did he, what, did he say, look, son, I've done everything for you, for you and your siblings, Here's the keys to all of them. Go and manage them. Or was he like, no, I've got the 38 properties there for you. I want you to go and create something for yourself. How, how did that yeah, work exactly. out? Yeah, exactly. That's probably the last point. Let me touch on the first point. Please I think, do, yeah. I, I think that's, that's I mentioned quite, but two, three points. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. No, I'll, I'll touch on the first point. I think that's very interesting. Actually, we're thinking about it on the way here as well. Um, I think when you say, yeah, I, I get the sort of stigma when somebody says that, um, oh, you were born into a rich family. Yeah, yeah. What problem have you got? You've got it easy, you know, you can do whatever you want. I said, no. I said, every level of life, no matter whether you're surviving, you're thriving, there's challenges. Absolutely. You have to challenge. I believe, this is, this is my opinion, um, that where I was, it's harder if I, were, if I had nothing and I was cornered. Yep. If I had nothing and I was cornered, I had to do something. I said, that would have pushed me. I, but, I'm on the same opinion. Yeah. I, I was where... I could, I'm at a point where if I, if I don't do nothing, I'm okay. Yep, because you're comfortable, right? Exactly. How do I push myself? I push myself a bit and I could easily get back into my comfort zone. Yeah. So I realized my father, my, my father still got his portfolio. Everything's under his name. He hasn't given anything to me. Um, this is, he can't give everything to me, obviously, because I've got, I've got a brother, I've got two sisters as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah but you've got to think uh, from an estate point of view that he can't just hand me the keys to everything, even though if he wanted to. But it's difficult because even like buy to let properties these days, you try and transfer that property into someone else's name. You've got all the inheritance tax and yeah, all exactly. the madness, right? Yeah, and or, or, or also uh, the capital gains, you know, everything, passing it over and so on and so forth, for all the legal, um, the legal bits that come in the way. Yeah. Uh, even that cost. So I think how, with that portfolio is there for us, like I help my father, um, sort of managing in the sense that what are we going to do with it? That's going to help our business drive forward. Yeah. So I thought to myself, it doesn't make sense for me to get a bit of that portfolio because then it just, I feel it just ruined the whole dynamic of how everything could happen near the end because whether I like it or not, if my father's not here, I'm the eldest and probably I'll have to sort that part of the business out. And the last thing I want is issues, you know, I'm trying to sort it out with my brothers and sisters. Siblings, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And, you know, I don't, I don't want to create that. Um, I'm, I'm going to try to make that problem as smooth as possible. Yeah, no, that absolutely. Way. So, um, so I thought, you know what, I, I sat down with my dad at the point when I started coming into the business. I thought, you know, let's, let's keep that how it is. My dad wants to pay the debt down on his portfolio because my dad's um, 70 years old now. He's still in good health. It still keeps him some going. Um, and I think he wants to, because uh, you understand, like in our religion, like, you know, debts, interest, stuff like that. 
it's it's not really permissible for us. Yeah, yeah. So he wants to be away from that as much as possible. So he wants to pay off as quick as he can. Yeah, yeah. He can. So did he build M thirty eight properties with using bridging and using all that uh, the finance, or did he use private investors, or or is it all? How did I'll, he build that up anyway? I'll explain that to you. I think this was. Um, you're talking the heydays, you're talking the 90s. Because back in the day, right? Yeah, yeah, 90s, 80s. He built his portfolio whilst he was working. What was he doing? He was working for a firm called uh, AstraZeneca. Oh, the, the medical firm? Yeah, yeah, you've probably heard of it, the vaccines. Yeah, that's yeah. all right. <laughs> the, that, that firm. Yeah. So, um, the pandemic. <laughs> let's not go into that. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to, but let's just not go into that today. Um, yeah, so he's working for them. At the same time, he's building his portfolio. Because at that time, I don't know if, if you know, if you, if you can go back to that time, uh, if you ever heard of it, you could self-certify mortgages. Oh, really? In them time, yeah. So so you could sell certified mortgages then? What, yeah. is, what is certified mortgage? Just to so Self-certified means like today, you go get a mortgage. What do you have to do? Provide yeah. all sort of paperwork and everything, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. This is basically you grabbing a form, Fill in and say, I self-certify myself. Really? I'm eligible for a mortgage. That's wow. how it was back in the day. And also, you know, banks. Yeah. Like, banks don't even have people behind counters these days. Yeah, yeah. In them times, bank managers used to come to a house. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. I remember yeah. my dad so a little they, bit. They used, yeah. yeah, they used to open doors that way. Mm. And it's... it's uh, it was all about relationships, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. It's quite interesting what a cup of tea and samosas could do in that day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's that's... That's, that's how my dad built it. Because he used to go to auction. And especially at that time in Leeds, you could buy a property for around 15,000, 20,000 yeah. in auction. And that's the kind of price range he brought it at. And the capital appreciation on them properties used to increase weekly, monthly. Wow. So you could basically buy a property from auction, hold it for a not even a few months, and you could flip that without mm. even refurbing the actual property. Because these days, when you have to add value to a property, you have to put money into it. You have to refurb yeah, 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 absolutely. Hence, you see my dad's portfolio. It's not, most of his houses, they're not even refurb. Because in them times, you could just buy a house, put a tenant in, you're golden. Mm. And that's how he built it, because he could, he could recycle that over and over again. He could self-certify due to his work. Yep. He could, and in that, I just say he took, he took advantage of that time. And he yeah. built it, built it really fast. And Which he, is the smartest thing to do, right? Yeah, and he built, he had the courage to do it, and and I'm thankful for him to that for that, because obviously that's given us opportunity, definitely, and give us a good platform. Okay, interesting. Yeah. So, your you then reached a point where you then said to your dad, or you all come up with a decision where you wanted to go into properties, and what made you realize you needed mentors. Or whose idea was that? Yeah. I'd say my idea. My dad, you, people could say, oh, your dad's done well. Why can't he be your mentor? Yes, he's my mentor. But my, you know, even though he's done really well, my dad only knows one way to invest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By Tlaib. Even though he's done, you know, kudos to him. He's done, he's done absolutely marvellous. So my, at that time, I think, a lot of other strategies were out there and my dad sort of knew about them. My, yeah. my dad goes, you know, we need to expand. Where can we expand? What can we do? Oh, you know, this house is multiple occupation. Um, I don't think service accommodation were uh, out, think that, out there then at that time, but he's now. Um, and then I, I go to him, just try to make sense of things. I think we, we got a point in 2007, um, I think when the crash came, we we got into a bit of trouble with our portfolio. Okay. Not the portfolio. There was, um, we had a commercial building yeah. that was sort of with the portfolio. That was causing a problem. Yeah. So uh, at that 2007, banks came calling um, for that property. Once they got into a bit of trouble, just arrears. They were calling in the debt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were right. calling the debt. So my dad got into a bit of a pickle and he thought, oh, I need to raise some cash quick to sort this out yeah so i can save my portfolio and uh it's around that time he bought me in because he wanted me he wanted to transfer some properties into our name and he wanted to try a different few things just structure them differently yeah, yeah. but it didn't work out but thankfully we had a few commercial properties in our local area that my grandfather invested uh, brought in mm. and 
we had to sell one of them to raise the funds so to pay to for the stabilize the portfolio and um, that's when we had a bit of cash in our business so that's when he said to me Mohammed you know I'll uh, I'll invest this much in you and you go out there find mentor or do and try yeah. and try and make uh, he said well he said I'll double the money basically and um, I said okay and that's when I started looking for mentors and that's that's actually my first mentors were do you know progressive property yeah I've heard of him yeah is no. he the guy that got uh, knocked out by, from Samuel Lee? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Rob is he that guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Him and his partner, uh, Mark Homer. No, he didn't get knocked out, sorry. What am I saying? He got knocked out. He, he, he got, lost on points. He lost on points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So him and his partner, Mark Homer, yeah. I, I, I mentored with them for a year. Yeah. Uh, I'll be honest, I mentored more with Mark Homer because he was... Who's our, Mark Homer? Is he his partner? Yeah, his partner. He's, right. he, he's, he's the guy. Rob Moore is um, he's the more business side, the marketing side of the business. Mark is, he's the one that knows more about commercial property. Got it, you know, okay. Building their portfolio. It's, Got it, interesting. Yeah. very clued on, on that. And so how was that, was that good for you? Yeah, but I found out I went in too early. Right. Um, Tell me why. Because um, I went in, I feel I went in too early because I didn't have a plan. You didn't I have the right mindset. You didn't have yeah, the, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was my first step into the world of property. So I tried a few things. I I did a few. You know, I tried doing a bit of HMO. I tried doing a bit of rent to rent, and I just couldn't get off the ground. Yeah. And then I, th at that point, I realized you know property ain't what it, what people say it was back then. The property is not easy as well. So I didn't. I'll be honest. I didn't do too much with that. Um, but I think what what actually changed everything was when I. One one of our our partner right now he came he he wanted to buy our commercial building which was in Leeds and uh, just outside Leeds Centre. Is this the Irish developer? Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, with the one that he purchased the, the one million pound property. Yeah. 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 Okay. Let's talk going about back that. to the mentors, uh, um, Mark Homer, I stayed with him for I think about one year. Yeah. And I won't lie, I I learned a lot from him. I realised they they they're very private people. Um. And them kind of traits I learned that that sort of hold me in good stead now as well. Keep myself level-headed, even when things are looking great. I think that's a good trait to have. Mm. Now I understand why. I always think, why are these people so private? Why don't they like tell you anything or share anything? But they're just like that. I think it's best that way, I feel. Okay. Yeah, what, that, to keep information private or to keep? To keep your own sort of business or on your ongoings, but normally the people that are the most quiet are probably doing the biggest things. Got it. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you're doing big deals, don't shout about it. Just mm. just keep it. But but yeah. even this these day and age, this day and age, I mean, if you're an online coach, if you're, I mean, you have to kind of have some sort of a sh social proof, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So times have changed a little bit, haven't yeah, they? Yeah, 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 yeah. So where's the it's it's a, like a fine line between um, showing off and trying to just be absolutely inspiring that that's that's the dilemma but i i think you have to make a choice you either go online or you don't yeah 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 i feel because my my decision is i you're not in it. i don't want to yeah yeah well you that's don't need the, to right that, well yeah <laughs> but it would help me if i did mm. it would help me there's there'll be more opportunities that will come for me but i decide not to um because i've seen because you got I'm family you got kids and <sighs> i've seen uh, the thing is i've seen what can go wrong that's the thing, yeah. Yeah, and that's what... That's I think it. when I made a decision to go online, yeah, that was right there. And that decision, I was like, I'm good with this. Yeah. And you have to be like that. But maybe if I had kids, if I had wife, if I had a community where, you know, I'm showing my face every weekend, mm. it might be different. Mm. But, yeah. and it's a personal decision that everyone makes, right? Do people recognise you? On the street with no i'm not i'm not that <laughs> no no i mean like some like the layer local uh, local people anybody i mean i mean i mean i i have been places where people have said oh i've seen you on youtube or i've seen your yeah. clip on tiktok yeah stuff like that but for me like i'm always like i'm trying to get some feedback then yeah what what, what was it helpful like did you did you learn anything from it did you not learn anything from it so i have had that that's but not just just a little bit though. Yeah, yeah. Not like to a scale where I'm going somewhere. Like, oh, I recognize you. No, 
I'm just early in the game. I've only been in it for like maybe a year. Okay. Max. So. That's still good. Yeah, we're still in the growing phase. But I think the key here is be yourself. You just said earlier yeah. on. But the biggest problem is that people get their identity from society. So mm. they don't know who they are. Massively. So they might see someone say something. They might see you say something. They might see yeah. me say something. And they'll try to copy that. Mm. But then they're not being themselves. Mm. So I think that's another thing I learned straight away is that Ibi, if you be yourself, mm. you're going to get half of the crowd which are not on your, don't like you. Yeah. You're going to get the other half are going to be like, like you or maybe yeah. like, we'll, 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 we'll give them a chance. Yeah, yeah. So you have to be okay with that. Yeah. As I say, if everybody likes you, there's a problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I came to like, I was okay with that. Yeah. No, th th that's exactly how I feel. Mm. Um, like, Due, due to my events business, I have to market. I have to get my face out there. Yeah. I, even though it's something I'm not very comfortable with, but I still get it done. But that's yeah. the only side of people see of my business. People don't... Well, it's still like a private place, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's not like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And like, except people see me and they go, oh, I saw, saw your video. And yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, after <laughs> I this don't ask podcast, for feedback, which I think I need to do. <laughs> hey, I don't ask for feedback, so I think that's something I've taken today. I think that, that I, I always ask for feedback. No. I mean, especially in the comments when people put certain <clears throat> things in. If if it's nonsense, I'll just mm. whatever. Mm. But if it's something where there's something attached to it, mm. like I'll always look at it and be like, well, there's a reason someone said that. Yeah. So let's break that down today. Yeah. But people run away from that. Yeah. Yeah. How I think I interesting don't... point when you say the, um, the societal sort of... We get our change. identity from society. I mean, yeah. we watch movies, we watch programs, we watch television, we yeah. see our superhero, we want to be like them. Yeah. So it's, 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 it's programmed in us. So we see someone we like, we want to be like that. So I think then it's an element that you're just going to copy some of what do someone... You, do you feel your, <clears throat> your past sort of social, I won't say chains, um, sort of connections, do this still affect how you make a decision today? Uh, what do you mean? Break that down a little bit. As in how, you know, how our culture is, our society is, the way they think, you know, how people think, oh, you might it. think this way. Does yeah, so, so for me, I'm, I, I'm very good at break, uh, <coughs> separating culture and religion. Mm. Okay. Yeah, so so if it's something culture, I'm not interested. Yeah, I know there's some parts of culture which is good to have. It but, feels all made up. <laughs> yeah, but but then what I will do is if a decision is presented to me, I'll just look at it for nine seconds and I'll be like, yeah. "What's the right thing to do here?" Yeah. Uh, so I'll go on what's right thing to do, not yeah. what they, they've been doing this for fifty years and that's the culture and we have to do it. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I'm I'm yeah. very quick at dismissing that because that's mm. just someone made it up. Someone's been doing it. Why do I have to do it? I want to know why. I'm, I'm anti-authority. No, that's, yeah, exactly. But I think that's how you should, in my, in my opinion, I think that's how you should think. Yeah, yeah. You should. But if it's something religion, yeah, then I believe that. So that's, I'm Islamic, I'm, you know, we're Muslims, so we believe that. So then I'm not, I'm not even negotiating on that because yeah. that's our religion. It says yeah. that in the holy book. Yeah, I'm sorry. That's what I'm like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm not afraid to say that as well, though. Yeah. So I think that's key. But I think even in religion, there might be sometimes some points that you could, I won't say question, yeah. but you could have like a think about it. Not everything. Maybe it's certain. I can't really pinpoint something yeah, out, yeah. Uh, right now. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting conversation, right? <laughs> it's, How I have find you turned the conversation back <laughs> on me? Sorry. <laughs> no, no it's in, I find, I'll be honest, that is one subject or part of uh, societal cultural psychology I find very interesting. Yeah, yeah. We, we see it every day, and I think it holds. Sometimes it does hold a lot of people back. Yeah, I mean, even... yeah, but because they people like like I said, people have not figured out who they are. Mm. So if you don't know who you are, mm. you're gonna get constantly told who you are. Mm. So whether that's exactly. through a a news channel or, or a program or a yeah. family or uncle or auntie or whoever. Yeah. So it's normal for you to get then take some of that. Yeah. Right. So. I think what helped me really was I spent 10 years in prison. Mm. So it's nothing to do mm. apart from think. Mm. So I was just thinking with my wow. deep co cognition mm. and had no choice but to think. Mm. So I really went deep, like when no, no people would go one level deep, I probably <laughs> went 10 levels deep. Yeah. And I think that helped in real life. 
Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But um, okay, no, 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 it's fine. The conversation. It's, yeah, the conversation <laughs> yeah. is gone, but it's interesting, yeah. right? Cause, yeah. Because it is a real conversation, and it is, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so tell me about this ninety-four thousand square foot new Newcastle office block. <laughs> Um, so I think that was at the point when, when I talked about we had a bit, we had a business center, that commercial business center. Yeah, uh, it was just outside of Leeds. One of the reasons my dad purchased that um, commercial business center is because he built this portfolio to about thirty-eight properties. And, yeah, an accountant came and he goes, and my dad's called Ahmed. He goes, Ahmed, why don't you um, dip your toe into commercial property? Yeah, because you've done a lot of residential. Why yeah. don't you try commercial? They might because uh, before two thousand eight, everything was going up. So it wasn't much of a risk at that point. Yeah. So, yeah, so we saw, it's, it's, he saw this um, business centre on the market and I think he bought it for about, in that time, about £700,000. Yeah. The whole building. So it was a 13,000 square foot building. Sorry, 9,000 square foot with um, 13 serviced offices. The problem difference between residential property and that kind of commercial business centre type of property, it needs, uh, it needs to be managed every day. So you need, maybe one or two people there every day. Like an in-house <coughs> member of staff. Yeah, yeah. Right. Also service as well. So everything needs to be looked after. Even though it was great, and my father's a great believer in, like, if there's an empty space, he'd rather put someone in there that pays less. Right. Rather have than nobody in there. Mm. So how that business centre was working before it was bought, maybe took a slight dip, because obviously my father's approach was that way. So he'd rather have the offices full, pay less, but obviously everything didn't add up in terms of um, repayments on that property, causing mm. arrears and stuff like that. But it was still manageable. So we kept that going. And that building was on repayment. So you're actually paying the debt down at the same time, not just paying interest. Yeah. So we, we got to a point in 2017, 2018, uh, where, where the debt was sitting around 86K. Okay. So that's not that far off. So, and that's really good. Yeah. And we thought, you know, this, this is great. We've got we've got a um, commercial building just outside Leeds City Centre. It's a multi-million pound property, right? We bought it for seven hundred. Okay. So I'd, you could say, but like I, I I just go by the value we bought it at. That's right. how I keep it. Maybe add a bit more. You know, I try to stay conservative. Obviously, due to valuation stuff like that, the, it never values how you want it to be valued. Um, and because it was just outside the Leeds um, city centre and they had a regeneration plan for the next 10 years, we were thinking, hang on, if we hang on to this property, mm. the postal ring could expand. And yeah, we, yeah, yeah. We could become LS1. Okay, is that the prime postcode? Yeah. Right. That's a city centre postcode. Right. So we okay. were like uh, LS29 or something. And so if you become LS1, and that gives uplifting value straight away. So another way of getting uh, uplifting value in property. So that was one of our sort of options. And um, where that building was, it was a row of um, a lot of different buildings. There was our business center and there was a sort of um, abandoned church. And there was like a little plastic factory. There was another business center down the road and there was like a car park. That area is so primed at the moment. Yeah. And the, my, my um, partner, Patrick, is my partner now, um, he was developing that area. Right. Because so, they knew, obviously, of the regeneration plan and the opportunity on that piece of land just outside yeah. the Leeds city centre. And they had planned going across to build high-rise apartments. Okay. And they also had a plan adjacent to that um, strip of land where planning, which has passed now for a place called Leeds City Village. So that's like they're building another community there. Now? It will be. Someone's, right. uh, another group What's it has, called? Leeds? Leeds City Village. Okay. Another group has bought it, but it's up to them now to develop it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know why sometimes people buy it and they'll keep hold of it and nothing gets developed? It could be the case, but that's the plan there anyway. Hmm. So obviously, shows, just, just, just to give you an idea on potential. And yeah, on that strip, he had planning for um, apartments, 70 high-rise apartments, 80 units, 70 units, 120 units going across. Because um, his, his sort of idea and model is to build them type of apartments yeah. in um, the UK's leading cities. So he doesn't, he's not a local investor. 
he's, he's like a national investor. So he'll, he'll, have, he'll have a development in, uh, say, Swindon. He'll have one in Ipswich. Um, he'll have one, he took us all the way up to Newcastle. He'll have one in Leeds. So he's up and down. Who this? Uh... Yeah, Patrick. And um, obviously that, that blew the myth out of, you know, when they say always invest in local. Mm. So he sort of opened my mind to that. Right. But I think that's more to do with residential, I believe. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, the, yeah. To do local. So, yeah, in, in 2017, he, he, he sort of found um, our address that we own the property because he wanted that whole sort of strip to himself to develop. So I remember in 2017, my brother, my brother was going to get married there. It was, it was a hot summer's day. And he walked into, into our house and thought, what the hell is this? The guy looks like a policeman. My <laughs> <laughs> well, dad's getting scared. Um, he goes, Ahmed, do you own that building? My dad goes, yeah. He goes, do you want to sell it? My dad goes, mm, I don't know. I, I really don't want to. He goes, if I offered you something, would you sell it? And, and my dad said, if you give me a price, I might think about it. And obviously he gave him a price. He said, you know, shake a hand, one million pounds. And my dad goes, okay, that's fine. Because where we look at it, that's double the value yeah, that yeah. we bought it from, give or take. And yeah, we agreed there and there. And just to give you an idea on how fast he works, the contract came the next day. Wow. To exchange 5%. And yeah. Like so what do you mean exchange 5%? They give put 5% deposit so down? He, yeah, so he secured the deal for himself. Right. That building. So he's 1 million 50k. So he put that down straight away with the lawyer. And yeah, he secured that. But he delayed the completion on that for, uh, for 12 months. And I think he got in 2017, I think it was end of 2018, we sat down with him again. and Because in between that time, my father was thinking, you know, okay, we're going to sell this. What are we going to do? That's another dilemma. Mm. You know, when he sells something. Yeah, it's first you haven't got the money. Then when you want yeah, the money, what do you exactly. Do? What do you do? Um, you don't want to blow everything away because my dad's got investment mindset. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Think, Let's invest. Let's spend. What can we do? And my dad goes, why don't we just sit down with him and just work with him? Okay, yeah, that sounds like a good idea because that way I can get in as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we sat down with him because, look, you're good. that money's going to come around. What's the point? Let's give it back to you and let's invest together. And he goes, okay, I'll, I'll think about it. I think he had a deal in his mind, and that was a Newcastle deal. So uh, it happened very quickly. It, you know, for me, it was like a whirlwind. I remember in 2018, end of it was approaching Christmas, and he goes, "Look, I've got this uh, Newcastle block. Let's go 50/50 on this." Um, I think we bought it for around 5.5 million. Um, we had to put a deposit on about we put about three to well. Just to exchange, I think we had to put about 300,000 down. Um, so we provided that. And I remember we, actually, at that time, I spent a lot of time in Manchester because we used solicitors from Manchester. Okay. Um, but there was a lender in Manchester that we used as well. And from the moment we agreed the deal, which was for 5.5, but we, we were going to pay 4.5 million up front, but we deferred the 1.5 million the next year. Because our plan was to do phase one of the development. Yeah. Once we did that, we could sell that. Get some more money. Yeah, and that money we could pay that. that yeah. So we're we're paying less today, but obviously we're paying. Yeah, 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 makes sense. Tomorrow. So. Yeah, I remember that happened like in from the moment we said we're going to do it, till the money in the bank to exchange it took two weeks. Wow. And I was, my mind was just blown. I thought. Blimey. But then, I think this was my learning that I, I had to, because one of my first days, I had, I had to level up, level up very fast, and I had no choice. Yeah, I think you could say I was cornered then. Yeah. yeah whether I could have just said, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to get involved in this. Yeah, okay. But I didn't see it that way. I thought, you know what, this could be my, this could be, this could secure my children. Absolutely. My yeah, family. yeah, yeah. That's how I. And thought. you made a couple of million profit on that one, right? Or your family did, or um, no, you went a bit pear-shaped that one. Did it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because of um, the pandemic. Ah, yeah. So what happened was in two thousand and nineteen, when we reached twenty twenty, the plan was because there was development finance on that building mm. that we needed to do, and you could imagine development finance on that type of building was quite a huge amount. 
Right. And normally with development finance, it won't be too difficult to get because of the size of the deal, they, they want extra security. So that's what I always say, when, you know, doing big deals is great, but if you don't have much to back it, back you need it cash with, flow, right? Yeah, cash flow asset. If they have it, then you're going to turn, you're going to walk into trouble. Hmm. Even though he had that, we had another development that we secured against, and that development he had an issue with, and that delayed to sign up the development finance. And as you know, in property, as time passes by, it costs money. Yeah, money's adding up, money's adding up, and coupled with the pandemic coming, our uh, then we had a senior lender, which is the first stack of lending, and maybe we had a mezzanine lender. So that's um, the debt. It's equity, but it's lent, lent equity. Right. And I think the, to get that, you have to pay a bit more high interest as well. And it was them that pulled, you could say, pulled the rug first. So it was, it was, we had to make a decision. We either keep hold of it or we get rid of it and preserve our capital. Mm. And um, I think it got, got to that point where we had to. Right. We, we stripped everything out. We got to the first part of it, but we couldn't get to the point of development because we couldn't get the development finance. Interesting. So I'll be honest, it was quite a learning curve for me because I saw the reality of everything behind all that. And yeah, as with him, the, the thing was now we're together in four years. Even though things didn't go how he wanted to be, the relationship is much, that much stronger because of the adversity we've been through. Interesting, yeah. And I always say a true person is revealed when you're under pressure. And for me to be under pressure with him and to see how he deals with stuff, you know, filled me with a lot of confidence. Because mm. he, he didn't come and knock the door down and say, oh, we got this problem, oh, give me that money back. No, everything was done how it should be done. Yeah, so in profit or loss, you both basically yeah. handled the situation and thought, we're going to yeah. jump into the next year. Yeah. Okay, so what sort of deals are you doing today then? Are you still buying residential? Are you in commercial? Are you, um, what are you purchasing? Are you doing big deals, small deals? What's your cash flow looking like at the moment? I'm really sorry to cut you off, but I have to share this with you. I want you to get to your next level. And I believe that personal development is the gateway to success. So what I've done is I've gone and created a seven day free audio course. This is totally free. All you have to do is sign up. And from day one till day seven, every single day, you will receive a two minute audio from me, which will elevate your mindset and give you power in your business. Make sure you go and sign up and let me know how you find it at the moment we're doing whatever my partner brings forward mm -hmm. so we're doing it together um, we've got a few things going on we've got a land purchase that's happening is that the one outside london yeah 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 just outside london yeah um i can't give that much detail about it today because it's still not secured yeah um but we got heads up terms ready for it. it's quite a sizable land um we're looking on that to um, get planning, it's going through pre-app at the moment, uh, get planning either to hold, keep hold of it, partner with a bigger developer, develop that out, or we could flip it on with planning. Interesting. And then we've got other sites here in the Lancashire area. Right. And one I'm going to see um, in the next couple of days. Right. Um, so it's like a, a mini hotel type thing. So we're working on that for cash flow as well. So what are you buying land and building or is this already a building which is already cash flowing? Uh, the building is separate, the land is separate as well. Got it. So you do both? Yeah, we're doing both, yeah. yeah. So, so you're still buying residential as well? No, I'm doing what he's doing because he's teaching me now. He's my mentor. Got it, right. Okay, yeah. okay, okay, yeah. okay, okay, okay. But I think when I talk to my dad, when I go to my dad, I'm upside down. Now where you start, we buy to let. Um, and that's where you sort of grew your portfolio. I'm going to do it the other way around. I've got to do commercial or that type of, um, that type of property, uh, that, that side of property business, build my capital, then maybe invest into smaller properties after. Interesting, interesting. Because with, as probably you're aware as well, resident, you need, you need a bit of, you need some money to yeah, yeah. actually start building there. So how are you getting your cash flow at the moment? Cash flow I've got, I've got events that I run. I've also, I invest in um, other businesses as well. Like which businesses? Just sort of the event side of businesses. Okay. Yeah. 
So I'm, I'm, yeah, I make my money from that, and my my capital comes from my sort of my land, and whatever I'm doing right at the moment. Yeah, yeah, because I would have presumed land and the houses is a long term game, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it takes time. So I, uh, like, I think I say you have multiple streams of income. Is that what they call it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have like I, I've realized if you're going into property, you need to have a short term cash, short term income, a medium term income, and a long term income. Yeah, so yeah. I try and chop it into that now. So I see, obviously, uh, the side view partner, that's more like my legacy and my long term. And whereas I, I, I've realized that mm. sort of like minimal capital I have, I sort of put into other businesses. Interesting. To build, to help with my cash flow, yeah. So what are, you, what are the challenges you're facing today, tomorrow, yesterday, <clears throat> daily challenges? What are they? It's going to be a bit specific. Yeah, I mean, like, do you have daily cash flow problems? Do you have stresses with your businesses? Do you have, like, oh, right, okay. um, do you have, what what problems are you going through? <laughs> Thankfully, I don't, like, when you say cash flow problems, because I'm looking in the sense that my father's, my father's business sort mm. of looks after us. So, I don't, I don't have to survive. He's given me the platform just to thrive. Got so it. I don't have to worry about that, because all... Through his property business, all my sort of... Your kids, income, your siblings' income is covered, right? Yeah, everything is covered. My dad's very generous like that. Right, right, okay. So I don't have to really worry about that. I just All I have to worry about is just building and... Uh, building your move, stuff, move, yeah. Moving forward, yeah. But I want, I want to get away from that and obviously um, build my own legacy. Yeah, 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 yeah. My own, my, my own businesses. Yeah, I really want to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas uh, I don't want to be known... Oh, Daddy's it. boy. Yeah, finally give it to you. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people say that though, but I don't want to be known for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully not. But what's your uh, thoughts on uh, schools in UK? And what's your thoughts on you got kids, right? It's really. I don't want to go you to go too deep, or you can go in however deep you want. Are you planning on leaving UK soon, or are you planning on? What's <coughs> what, give me your thoughts as a father, as you got children. And yep. there is serious topics that are going on in UK at the moment where people are yeah. talking about. It. So what's yeah. where where do you stand on everything? Interesting. Yeah, I don't. In terms of school, I understand you need school for your basic foundational yep. foundational learning. Um, as you look more into it, you kind of understand what the school is there for. Yeah. What, what kind of person is there to produce? Um, but I don't want to. What I want my children to do is find their own path. Got it. I don't want to tell them, oh, I'm doing this, you do this. But even though I feel that would be one of the best choices for them, uh, as you know, in school, you don't get financial education. Mm. You, you don't learn about assets, income. Businesses and all debts, this. Yeah. Stuff like that. It's the other way around. They get you into it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I want them to know that. But at the same time, even though when my son's going, my daughter's, I still talk to him. I get them involved in the event side of the business as well, maybe with my daughter, so they understand. I, I even pay my daughter when it comes to the event, so she understands that like I work. I get money with my son as well. He goes, oh, she's getting it. Why, why, do, you get, why do I get away? <laughs> and yeah, with my son, I, I explain them, you know, this is what we do. This is how we can make money. Yeah. And this is what you can do in school. This is how you can make money. You yeah, make a yeah. choice. And most of the time, they come up with a choice that I want to do what you do. Or what you know, what we could, and you know, in a selfish point of view, I do, I do want them to follow in my path and look after it and build it because I want my idea is to make sure that we um, we preserve our family wealth for at least three generations. Yeah, yeah. If you can do that, then it's all golden. It's really good, yeah. And uh, my 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 partner, my wife, she's really she wants them to do well in school. She does push them, and she does look after them really well. Um, but like I said, I'm an open book with them. So I don't want to put too much pressure in terms of um, you have to do well in school. I always say do your best. Yeah. But I don't mean you if you don't get that, don't let society tell you that, you know, your life has ended at the age of 16. Mm. Which is, it hasn't. Because we've seen it, I've seen it myself. You evolved even at the age of 30, 40, 50. Yeah. Per perfect example, Mr. Kentucky Fried Chicken. Yeah, yeah, KFC Ken guy. Ken Started at 65, right? 65, yeah. Yeah, and I want them to know that, and that brings us back to what we were talking about earlier: societal problems. You know, yep, yep. We, we shouldn't close them up at age of twelve, fourteen, sixteen. That's that's where most of the problems stem from. 
Interesting, yeah. And I want them to carry on. I always say, you know, learning is for life as well. Mm. Don't stop learning at the age of 16. There's so much to learn. I'm still learning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm, so, I'm still interested in a lot of things. I'm still, I don't know nothing. That's how I see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Always mm. in student mode, right? You have to be, yeah. And also, whatever you're doing, especially business, do it for life. Yeah. How, I, I, don't, I, don't know, I don't know about yourself, but I don't understand the concept of retiring. Yeah, no. It's, I mean, what would you do, right? Yeah. So it's like everyone I know that has made the money, they just want to constantly do some sort of work. Mm. They don't, they, they just create a life for themselves or tailor a life for themselves where they just do what they're happy doing. Yep. So then you just don't stop doing it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Just a perfect example of my, my father. Yeah. Um, he's 70 and he still, he still goes on, checks his email and everything. That keeps him going. Yeah. Keeps him and stimulated, I, right? Yeah. Because I think at some, when you get to the age of 78, if you stop pursuing something, I think you sort of go the other way. Yeah. I agree. Uh, quite fast as well. Yeah. So do you read books? I used to. <laughs> Not anymore. I've, 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 I've got, I've got some books at home, but I do more audio now. Okay. Audio, podcast. Well, same thing. Yeah, yeah. I, what I like is an interesting conversation. You like it, yeah, yeah. Between yeah. two people. I, I, like, I like listening to uh, two people that are engaging, interested in talking. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah. So what's your journey like with mentors in terms of, I know you said you've got one there, but on top of that, do you spend money with coaches and with personal development coaches and or just learning about business and stuff like that? Or it's not that... that that's not something you've actually gone down at the moment. I have done. Yeah. The last three, four years, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, spent spent quite a bit of money on mentors. I did, like I said, I did that first mentor with um, Progressive. Yeah. I also did a bit of mentoring on the rent to rent with someone. Yeah. Um, I did a bit of, I uh, did some masterminding actually with a group called White Box. That's um, to do with new build houses. All right, okay. New build development. Because um, at that point, and that's what we were sort of aiming to go into. Um, yeah, I, if the right coach and right mentor came in for what I need now, because now my partner's here, for me, I think I've got what I need at the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, then yeah. if I feel I get to a point in any of my businesses that I need to grow, I might need to find, I will, yeah. Then you will. I will. I don't think money is wasted. I'm not going to obviously doing it for the right reasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's some out there to... Uh, do you over, but <laughs> if you get the if you get the right, it's like the good yeah. with the bad is yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's your thoughts on Andrew Tate? <laughs> Andrew Tate, I love the guy. Okay, yeah, I love the guy. Yeah, I don't. Um, I'm not of one person to just follow one belief. Yeah, yeah. Like if someone says one thing and somebody sells up, I want to listen to them both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to know why he's saying that because I'm just trying to learn that. Like even with the media, like you see something on news, but you go to the actual place and see what's happening. It's not, that's what, that's, that is not what's happening. Mm. You see the truth on, uh, on the base, at the ground. Yeah. So that's, I always think, you know, hang on, you're telling me this, uh, let me go what he's saying. Yeah, yeah, let, yeah. Me, let me make my own conclusion. So in terms of Andrew Shea, yeah, I do, I do agree with a lot of things he says. I think, he, like he says, um, the old way is sort of dying out now. How men, mm. um, how men are brought up, and where it's going. And I think I, be, I agree with him. And I think they're doing they're, they're sort of doing it on purpose to destabilize, you could say, humanity. Interesting, Mo. Listen, I think we've covered a fair bit. <laughs> um, yeah. Is there anything, any other thing you want to share before we close this off or wrap this up? Please do. Any final words for? youngsters or you know people that are watching and want to you know yeah. do something with themselves yeah um yeah i really i really want people to um be yourself first and foremost yeah and don't let society dictate who you have to become mm. even culture you know if you have to question it question it why not it's your prerogative you can you know it's your life you can question it Make your own conclusions. Don't stop. Don't stop learning. And definitely, definitely, after school, go and learn about f financial education, assets, income, liabilities, debt. 
because that is how the world goes round. And if you can control that and take advantage of it, I think you'll do well. And uh, yeah, find, find a good woman. <laughs> find a good woman. <laughs> See, I, I attribute most of my success to my wife. Okay. She, she's the one that pushed me. I wasn't, at that point when we met, I didn't believe in myself. Hmm. So yeah, a good woman can change you. Maybe you could go the other way. I think good wise words there. <laughs> so thank you very much for coming. Oh, thank you. We'll put your events and your websites and whatever you do, mm -hmm. send it to us. And what we will do is we'll put it in the description below. So when people yeah. know, they know how to reach out to you and your websites and anything you have, just give fantastic. it, to, send it to us yeah. and we'll add them on. Thank you very much, Abhi. I think you're doing a fantastic job. I love listening to your podcast. Thank you. Thank you. That's a wrap. Thank you for listening. I hope you found this episode insightful. And if you did, make sure you subscribe so you won't miss the next one. Don't forget, we are also on YouTube. You can watch these interviews in full there too and join the discussions in the comments. Just search Ibi Aslam Uncensored. There's new episodes every week. So I'll see you there.